I literally had bought into the collective delusion that the only way to succeed as an entrepreneur, as a mother, was to be always on, to power through fatigue and exhaustion. And it's been compounded by a growing addiction to our phones. Because now, basically, there is no end to our working day. There is no mistaking the distinctive voice of Ariana Huffington. Born in Greece, educated in England, she has made a lasting mark on the way we consume media in America and the world. As the creator of the Huffington Post, she envisioned a new way to mix news and technology. Now she's getting us to rethink our relationship to technology so we can all live happier and healthier lives. I am Alain Verveer, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. In this episode, I speak with the one and only Ariana Huffington. Ariana's bio is almost impossibly diverse. She has written 15 books on topics from opera to sleep. She is the founder of Huffington Post, which has boasted 81 million monthly visitors. And she is founder and head of Thrive Global, which is dedicated to fighting America's burnout epidemic by promoting work-life balance. No wonder she is a regular on the lists of most powerful and most influential women. I sat down with Ariana during a Seneca Women Forum at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Listen and learn why Ariana Huffington is one of Seneca's 100 women to hear. Speaking about amazing, game-changing women, Arianna Huffington surely qualifies. And I'm really thrilled that you're here, Arianna. You are a true visionary. Look at what you've done. You've upended the media landscape. You're now the CEO of Thrive Global. First it was Huffington Post. I wonder what is in the next chapter. This is an an amazing undertaking and one that Clearly, we all need to hear a lot about. But I want to start because we've had so much focus today, with good reason, on women entrepreneurs, what it takes, what the challenges are, and look what you've done. I'm sure there were people along the way who said to you, are you crazy? As a visionary, you really wanted to stake out uh, in the way that you did, and obviously, you have enjoyed great success So how do you see women's entrepreneurship? What are perhaps lessons from your own efforts over the years that you can impart to so many who are here in the audience? Well, first of all, I want to say what a heroine you are for me and for so many women. And and how much I love the opportunity to speak directly with you. And when it comes to women entrepreneurs, I believe that whatever our particular companies, whatever our particular startup is, we also have a responsibility to change the way we work. Because the current system in which entrepreneurs, and frankly all women and men, function was created by men. Yes. And it's not working. Not for us. No, it's not working for anybody. I mean... Uh, And when we women change it, with the help of many good men, I I don't want to eliminate that very real 
um, possibility. But women need to, to lead the way into saying we don't want just to build amazing companies. We don't want just to be at the top of existing corporate structures. We also want to change this world. Because if you look at the casualties, which are proliferating every day, it is not sustainable. Uh, we have uh, um, skyrocketing rates of depression, anxiety, suicides, uh, chronic diseases. I mean, you've worked around the world. And we have this incredible paradox that while communicable diseases are going down, Chronic diseases are proliferating, and they are lifestyle diseases. They are diseases based on the stress we accumulate. And, you know, for me, this has become kind of the mission of the rest of my life, and that's why I wanted to leave the Huffington Post to launch this company to work exclusively on ending this stress and burnout epidemic. So you have realized that, just as you've said, with the way that we're living our lives, we can't keep this pace, that we're paying a price. Ergo, Thrive Global. Now, what was it that precipitated your engagement on this issue? I mean, frankly, the first <laughs> time you told me about it, I, I really didn't know where, where you were headed with it. But it is brilliant in terms of recognizing that we have a societal problem and we have to do something about it. Well, actually, just a month ago, the World Health Organization recognized um, burnout as a real syndrome affecting health, affecting productivity, affecting companies' bottom line. But my own realization came the hard way in 2007, two years into building the Huffington Post. I was the divorced mother of two teenage daughters. Anybody here has teenage daughters? That could have my, uh, my had sympathies, some stress. It gets better, uh, <laughs> and and I literally had bought into the collective delusion that the only way to succeed as an entrepreneur, as a mother, uh, was to be always on, to power through fatigue and exhaustion. And so one morning. I got up from my desk because I was feeling called to get a sweater, and I collapsed. I hit my head on my desk, I broke my cheekbone, and that was kind of the beginning of my wake-up call. And being a bit of a nerd, I started talking to scientists and studying the problem and realized that it is a global epidemic. Mm -hmm. And it's been compounded by a growing addiction to our phones. Because now, basically, there is no end to our working day. And so... What we try to do at Thrive is to help people bring um, changes in the way they live and work, but very, very microscopic changes. We have so discovered tease that, that out a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So we have discovered that the way to change behavior is not through New Year resolutions, which are abandoned by the third week in January, <laughs> but through what we call micro steps. We have 700 micro steps that affect every part of our journey, uh, sleep, um, exercise uh, or movement, nutrition, gratitude, mental health, everything. Meditation. Meditation, every aspect of wellness, kind of the whole being wellness, not a one-point solution. And um, 
Would you like to know my favorite micro step? Absolutely. Out of the 700 micro steps, if you want to start with one tonight, it is when you go home, pick a time that you declare the end of your working day. It's a personal declaration because I can guarantee you that there's nobody here who can say at the end of the day that I've done everything I could possibly have done. I have absolutely nothing left to do. (laughs) And if there is anybody here who can say that, I recommend you change jobs because it means your job isn't interesting enough. (laughs) But I'm sure that's not the case for anybody. So you have to declare that arbitrary ending. And because we are creatures of rituals, I recommend that you declare it and mark it by turning off your phone and gently escorting it out of your bedroom. And that is hard to do. It is very hard to do, but what I recommend is if you can't do it every, every night, don't judge yourself. Remember, we're talking backstage about you judging yourself. No judgments. I told her <laughs> that I always feel guilty because she's telling us how to thrive, having gone through these micro-steps most of which I don't do, (laughs) and so one feels guilty. And every Sunday when I wake up and look at my iPhone, there's Ariana. She's coming (laughs) in with her Sunday newsletter, and it's about how you can thrive. And I'm thinking, damn it, there she goes again. (laughs) And she told me not to feel guilty. No guilt. No, guilt is the worst, and especially for working mothers, if there are any here. You know, I think they take the baby out and they put the guilt in. So, <laughs> so no guilt and no self-judgments. We are all works in progress. This is a journey. But all the science, all our microsteps are science-based. They are now in a behavior change app so that people can get nudges and microsteps throughout the day. But the key is to make them small enough. Like if doing this every day seems overwhelming, say once a week, I will put my phone outside the bedroom. Or every morning when I wake up, I will take 60 seconds before I go to my phone to deal with texts and emails. 60 seconds. Can we get one minute in the morning to actually remember what we're grateful for, set our intention for the day, anything except rushing to the phone. Because if you think of it, what's incoming is the world's agenda for you. We need to start the day, what do we want from the day? Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after a short break. What kind of reaction have you gotten? I mean, I remember being at the World Economic Forum, which is usually brutally cold weather. We're all sleep deprived. First thing Ariana gave me was a tea bag of some tea you were recommending. And she said, this will do you good. And then the book Thrive. I have a copy that was an unbound copy. It right. was the before it became a publication. Clearly you saw that I had a need (laughs) and you were looking after me. No, no, that was not the case. It's just that if I can convince you, you will convince millions. (laughs) I mean, look at her. I have no doubt she is thriving and she's absolutely right because as you've said, this is an evidence-based case today. The documentation is. is all there. We need to be into holistic health. 
And also, I think what companies are realizing, we are lucky to have great partnerships with many companies represented here today, like SAP, Accenture, Bank of America. Now, Sherry Bronston is following us. She's been an amazing partner, bringing both our workshops and our digital programs into the bank. And um, she personally wrote a great piece about her microstep. The microstep she picked, and then she should talk about it when she comes out, was not to send emails to her direct reports on Sunday night. Oh. And, you know, then she also wrote how one uh, Sunday night she, she broke her ground rule. And that's all okay, too. We need to accept that we're not going to do this journey flawlessly. But just beginning with these micro steps has a huge cumulative impact. So what kind of response have you gotten? I'm sure that you get individuals telling you you changed their lives, or you may have people saying, I'm so frustrated, I cannot do this. What, what is the typical, if there's a typical reaction? I think the typical reaction is incredible relief when people begin to take these micro steps and they recognize that, in fact, they become more productive. That is what is really um, the absolute truth from looking around us. Look at athletes. You know, athletes consider recovery part of training. Like they would never show up for a game without being sufficiently recharged. So the same applies to all of us. So we need to integrate recharging, recovery time into our work time and It may mean 60 seconds. We have a a feature in our digital product that we call Reset, which is 60 seconds during the day, any time you're feeling stressed, because we're not going to eliminate stress. The problem is not that. The problem is stress becoming cumulative. We also launched a podcast for people who don't like to meditate, because we want to reach people wherever they are. And there are people who find meditation daunting. They they find it not for them. So we launched a podcast called Meditative Story. And we basically have uh, some great people. Um, Last night it was Danny Meyer who tell a story, a pivotal story in their lives that changed their lives. And then we give you mindful prompts meditation prompts. So basically, storytelling becomes the Trojan horse through which we introduce meditation. (laughs) So interesting. I do think when you talk about the problems in our society, a big one is the addiction to emails and to texting. I mean, you can't go anywhere today. You know, I spend a lot of time on a university campus. The, The students just walk like this because they're all on their iPhones. You, you see families sitting down at dinner, each one's on an iPhone. It is an addiction. It has become all-consuming. So you take small steps to work at your addiction, right? Absolutely. Small steps, starting with um, separating yourself at night from your phone so you can have a recharging night's sleep. We've even created a product. You can buy it from Amazon. Uh, it's a little, I'll send it to you. It's a little, <laughs> she it's never a little, gives up. It's a little charging station that looks like a phone bed. It can charge 10 phones and iPads. 
and you, it has a little blankie, so you put your phone under the blankie. Oh, my gosh. And the phone charges through the night. You charge in your bed, and then you reconnect in the morning. <laughs> That's adorable. Highly, highly recommended for families with teenagers because then it becomes a family ritual rather than a punishment when my friends with teenagers try to take the phone away right, from them, and right. it seems like an existential threat. Also, it comes in mahogany and in light wood. <laughs> so you would think that um, companies clearly want their employees to be at the top of their game. They want them to be thriving. They want them to be healthy. But at the same time, they have a lot of expectations. Uh, feel free to work around the clock or, you know, answer my email. I'm emailing you at 11 o'clock at night or whatever. There, so there's this combination of demand because of the needs of, of the enterprise or the expectations. But then there's also the recognition that I need my employees to be um, really in good shape. So I think what's very important for us to realize is that there is no trade-off. Let me give you one example. At Thrive, uh, we, are, we are a very uh, fast-growing company. You know, we do have high expectations. In fact, when we hire people, we do say, listen, if you want to come here and chill under a mango tree, that's not the right job. Or not, and this is not a nine-to-five job either. There will be days when we are shipping a product and an engineer may have to pull an all-nighter. There will be a time when you have to work over the weekend. That's not the problem. The problem is that people then need to take what we call thrive time to recharge. So for us, if you've worked through the weekend, take Monday off. Just like that. No, but it's not. It's in the interest of the enterprise. Why would you want somebody to come to work Monday exhausted, sleep deprived, making mistakes, or sitting on their desk playing Fortnite? Or falling asleep. Presenteeism is a huge problem at companies. Uh, or trying to power through and getting sick. I mean, if you look at the data, people get sick after they have overexerted themselves and they have not taken time to recover. So it's in the interest of everybody to give people what we call thrive time. They have to take it immediately after overexertion. They can't bank it for a holiday. It's really about recalibrating and being ready to show up fully recharged again. And if you look at the data... Uh, Burnt-out employees have a 32% greater chance of leaving the company. So attrition goes up. And attrition is a terrible cost for companies. Productivity goes down. Creativity goes down. Resilience goes down. Right now, companies are dealing with all these mental health problems. Right. And these are so much a function of sleep deprivation, exhaustion. We're not talking about real mental illness like bipolar or schizophrenia. We're talking about garden variety what kind of depression, of what we bring on ourselves. And that's why we, in partnership with Stanford, we launched a thriving mind to our digital program based on all the latest brain research to help prevent this from happening. Because ultimately, 75% of healthcare costs and healthcare problems, 90% if you include mental health, are because of lifestyle and stress-related problems. And that's up to us to change through micro steps. We're going to all have to read, thrive, 
because, you know, single-handedly, you, you may, you've already made enormous contributions with Huffington Post and all we've been able to get from that, that resource. But with this, you may single-handedly truly bring very important change to our society. And so thank you, Arianna Huffington. You are a visionary and you are a caring person. Thank you. And, and in a very non-judgmental way, you are changing our lives for the better. Thank so you so thank much. You. And I would love to invite all of you to share your stories on Thrive. Think of Thrive Global, our media platform, as the Huffington Post without politics. What a relief. So, um, that does contribute to our stress. That definitely does. But if you know, I'm sure everybody here is a story of burnout or a story of your own micro steps. Share them with everyone because we have found that reading other people's stories and what they are doing, either right or wrong, is really helping change the way we live and work. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank very you. much. Ariana Huffington always provides a fresh perspective and a new hopeful way of looking at the world. Ariana's message is so important these days. She reminds us that even now, we don't have to stay on a 24-7, always-on lifestyle. She shows us the importance of creating boundaries, setting our own agendas, rather than letting technology dictate the rhythm of our days. And she reminds us that we all have the power to change our own lives just by taking small steps. Be sure to check out Ariana's thriveglobal.com. And tune in next time to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she's one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. For more great listens from Seneca Women, check out our other podcasts. Every weekday, join us for a brief take on all the good that's happening in the world on Seneca's Hear Something Good. And every Thursday, listen to inspiring and shared learnings from legendary women entrepreneurs on Made by Women. If you want to support organizations making a difference for women and girls, you can donate to the Women's Economic Future Fund. Learn more on our website at SenecaWomen.com. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Special thanks to our iHeart producers, supervising producer Molly Socha and supervising sound producer Matt Stillo. If you like what you heard on the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. We hope you'll join us for our next episode of 100 Women to Hear, where we can all listen, learn, and get inspired. Have a great day. Have a great day.